Hello, I'm Leroy Garcia. Welcome to Blue Rain Gallery podcast. Today we have a wonderful artist extraordinaire and Hiram Joe visiting us. Welcome, Hiram, to the office uh, studio. <laughs> it's an honor to be here today. Yeah. We're going to have, have some fun. Yeah, have some fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I always start everybody off with, like, tell me about uh, where you were born and where you grew up and uh, a little bit about your childhood. Yeah, so I'm a native New Mexican. Um, grew up in Shiprock, New Mexico, Four Corners area. Um, yeah, parents were pretty close there as well. And uh, childhood was great. You know, grew up with an artistic family, um, specifically an artistic uh, father, um, who obviously you know sh- showed me what I could do. I guess having a career as an artist and what's your dad's name orlin joe orlin you knew yeah. that uh, i knew that but the audience we got to get them going yeah yeah good good brother orlin joe mm-hmm. um, but uh, yeah i grew up on the reservation had a little bit of a reservation life and was just kind of exposed to you know the idea of no paved sidewalks or you know grassy parks things like that it was just dirt and rocks and sticks and so the interesting about that lifestyle was i can now as an artist remember what that was like back then and um a lot of the a lot of that lifestyle is in my paintings now i can go back and think of oh i used to you know walk to my grandma's and she always had you know a pile of fried bread and you know just kind of put my head in there and she'd invite me in and you know um and then an hour later i've had four fried breads and we're talking and she's talking to me in navajo uh, picking up words and things like that. So I love being able to, in my mind, going back to the, to those experiences on the res, and they influence my artwork a lot. Um, so, yeah. It's nice to be around family and, and culture, right? Uh, Absolutely. I don't, I don't know what I would paint if I didn't. <laughs> so did, did, are you fluent in Navajo? <clears throat> I'm not. Uh, I, I wish I was. You just know the bad words? It, yeah, yeah. Those are the first ones you usually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Spanish. It doesn't matter. That's the one. That, the, the ones the teacher friends. You know, they cried on that. But yeah. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about your dad and his influence on you. Uh, tell us a little bit about your dad and his art career. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, it's he actually did really, really well in his career. Um, he got lucky in a lot of a lot of different areas. Um, his career just took off pretty early at an early age. Uh, so as a kid, you're just kind of oblivious to those type of things. You know, you don't think much about it. Um, I was, mm, I think I was 10 when we moved off the reservation. Uh, so he had his own little shack slash studio <laughs> uh, there behind our trailer um, uh, on the res in Shiprock. And um, now, nah, like, dad was working all the time. He was gone. Mom was, you know, cooking. And uh, she was a stay-at-home mom. So, you know... And dad would be all dusty, you know, he'd be all white walking into the house for lunch and then he'd have a sandwich and head back out and he was doing, I don't know, probably eight to 10 hour days, things like that. But um, yeah, he was gone, gone doing shows on the road a lot as well. Mom was home. So I, I didn't really see a whole lot of dad, but I, but I knew what he was doing. And I come from a family of six kids. I'm the oldest of six. <clears throat> and um, once we made the move to Kirtland just off the reservation, he was able to buy a bigger home to fit us. <laughs> he had eight people living in a trailer. In the house. Uh, but uh, yeah, so he was able to uh, build a nice studio behind our home and, you know, a bigger area. And that was, that was nice. And um, yeah, so I, you know, um, I don't know that I had much of an interest in art. Uh, I found out like fifth, maybe sixth grade that I could draw. Um, 
it was okay. It was fun um, knowing that you had a little bit of talent, but I didn't know that that's what I wanted to be. Um, so, you know, I walk into dad's studio and just, you know, he had workers there. He had hired two or three workers and, um, you know, you hear power tools going and dust flying and there's just stone, like rocks everywhere. Um, you know, ACDC blasting on the radio, things like that, you know, and I mean, it was a creative environment and I, um, was exposed to that just, just about every day. And that was really, really cool to see. But, um, yeah, it was kind of yeah. what it was like for us. I think uh, Orlin uh, was one of the first Native artists to be accepted into the Cowboy Association. Yeah, of fa- artists, fast right? forward <laughs> some years. Uh, yeah, the Cowboy Artists of America is a, a group of, it's an organization of artists, pretty prestigious, of Western uh, fine art uh, paintings and, and sculptors, painters and sculptors. Um, I don't remember how old he was or what year. 1993 is when he got um, inducted into that and yeah, like you said, he was the first Native American to be. That's a big deal to be in that, and it was a big deal. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And his career just you know kind of took off since then. A trailblazer. So, what exactly did your dad do? So he's a stone carver. Um, he got into that medium in high school, actually. Actually, no, 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 no. It, yeah, actually, it was high school. Never mind. Okay, I, probably his senior year. Um, so his art teacher had a really, really impactful influence on him. Uh, so there was no stone carving on, on the res at the time. I mean, was, we got Alan Hauser, right? And he was kind of the only one that was really doing that, or at least, you know, most well-known for that. Um, I don't even think my dad knew who he was. Uh, so my dad did sand painting. He did jewelry, beadwork, you know, um, paintings. Uh, so his art teacher brought a piece of alabaster stone into class one day and gave it to him. He said, hey, I want you to take this home and carve it and bring it back to me when you're finished. So he did that, and um, he brought it home, and he didn't know what to do with it. He just kind of sat there looking at it. Like, it was a chunk maybe the size of a, I don't know, about like that. Anyway, um, so he grabbed a, a butter knife, I believe, a butter knife and a screwdriver, a flathead screwdriver, and just started carving and carving and carving, and pretty soon he turned into an eagle's head, <laughs> like a bald eagle's head, brought that back to his teacher, and... She was like, okay, yeah, we, we, we have somebody who has some talent here. So that was kind of how we got introduced to that medium. So thanks to this, our teacher. And um, so obviously learned, you know, what tools he needed to use and got more and more stone. And the teacher didn't have any more stone. <laughs> he could buy his own stone now. Uh, so, you know, that turned into, you know, <clears throat> taking his sculptures down to the local trading post in Shiprock. And um, I remember going with him at times, you know, I'd just jump in the truck and go down to the trading post and... Um, you know, he'd sell to the trader there, or dealer, whatever you want to call it. You know, $35 here, $50 here. Pretty soon it was 150 and just kind of went up from there. And But he did have a side job at a, a grocery store. It's a stock boy for a while. You know, he's just doing a couple couple other jobs on the side. Um, so that was the reservation. That was the beginning of his career. I remember, I remember all that, being the oldest. So that was kind of cool to see. But, uh, you know, when you're a kid, you just you don't know what's going on. You just take everything for granted. Oh, mom and dad will always you know, take care of us. And but, uh, but, yeah, so that grew into being inducted into the Cowboy Artists of America group and, um, you know, awards. And I remember he had a studio in the trailer back in Shiprock. And um, if you, it, was, it was probably out of space about like this, a room about this big. And all the way around, there was ribbons that just started one corner it, mm-hmm. I mean, all around just met like like they were probably from Indian market, red red and blue market. ribbons yeah 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 absolutely Indian market for sure um, and so there was that and there was just you know there's 
war bonnets now and beadwork and moccasins and you know those type of things that you know that were hung like a little museum or something um but he'd be in there sand painting and, and working and carving and things like that and um i remember seeing that and then eventually he got his his uh, studio outside and um and then we moved to kirtland and uh, so that's kind of how uh, the, the beginnings of uh, his career were yeah. started. Well, it seems like that probably had uh, a subtle Im- impact on you probably as you got older, right? When did, you, when did you decide you wanted to go into art? Did you go to school for, for art? So, uh, kind of. <laughs> I, didn't, <clears throat> I don't have a degree. Um, I, I, don't, I, wanted, I knew that when I left, when I graduated high school... I, I knew that I didn't want to do art. I just, I don't know what it was. I mean, by then I was already selling drawings in high school. For, I did them for my friends. And I knew I could do it. I just didn't see myself. I have no idea why I, I didn't want to pursue that. Um, but, I, but I had this football coach. The head football coach at that high school in Kirtland was really, you know, kind of my mentor and just this person who was, significant who you know who met a lot in my life and um just being out on the football field you know the games and practice and he's pushing me and my teammates and I really looked up to him but he was uh he was the history teacher there at the school and then he was the head football coach and I thought you know I want to do that I I love history and I love sports so why not combine the two so I moved down to uh Phoenix went to Mesa Community College right after high school a friend and I got a little apartment there and just started our own lives and um I needed an elective, so I, I, you know, I, saw, I was looking at a list. I was like, okay, drawing 101. Let's give that a try. So uh, school started and, and just loved that class. It, my grades were like C, C, B, C plus, and then A. <laughs> it's like, oh, <laughs> a nice know, progression. This, this gets, yeah, consistency is in the art class. So I just, again, you know, um, meeting my art teacher there, the instructor just was just, uh, profound impact on me my god he, this this guy i mean he was he was good himself but the way he taught he, he pushed you he, he actually reminded me of my football coach in high school um you know he, he, he didn't take any bs you know he, he wanted serious students uh so i walked into the class thinking you know a little cocky you know, i could draw you know um draw well and it turns out that i was probably like bottom four talent wise <laughs> <laughs> I, I was humble really quick and that was a good thing for me, 18 years old, um, not knowing, you know, what life's about. But I, I loved the class, and he hired, you know, live models, and, and there were nude models. And I was like, whoa, this is crazy. Um, Reminded me of Titanic. I was like, I'm actually living this, <laughs> doing the same. So, you know, that was, that was an eye-opener. But, yeah, no, he, he was in your face, like, down to the nitty-gritty type of a guy. And, um, gosh, he, he pushed me and pushed me by the end of the class. Uh, or but I'm sorry. By the end of the semester, I was I was I think I was doing pretty good. I took another class the next semester, um, and he started to notice uh, you know um, the the talent getting better. And so he would tell me things like, uh, you know, he kind of pulled me aside and said, Yeah, you've got this talent, Hiram, and you know you're gonna make a great artist someday. But but you need to do this. Let, let's work on this. And uh, but he was always encouraging. He, he was very honest, very brutally honest. I remember there was a couple of kids that quit quit the class because he, he just couldn't take his. Which I, yeah, yeah. So anyway, I, I believe I took three more of his classes after that, and I just, you know, I was maybe twenty at the time, and and I said, yeah, I think I'm done here. I think I got what I need here. Um, and then I moved back to New Mexico, moved back home, 
uh, splurged on $500 worth of supplies, you know, easel. I got everything, oil paints, you know, charcoal sticks, you name it, sketch pads. And I just, you know, my, my dad basically was just like, okay, you feel like you're, you're ready. Let, let's start this out. You know, let's get you hooked up with the, your first show. Let's do eight little pencil drawings and then let's see what you can do with that. So, uh, <laughs> I remember, um, we got hooked up with, uh, the gathering nations powwow in Albuquerque oh, yeah. and they have a the big tent with the, you know, the artists, uh, display the artwork. And, um, another friend of mine was kind of an up and coming artist too. So we decided to, you know, take the trip together and share a hotel and food and all that stuff. <laughs> and, uh, so we split the booth fee and all that. And, um, I sold my first drawing for, was it? $150 or something like that. The first day of the show, the second day I sold another one for, I don't know, 200 or something like that. And so he was driving home after the show. We were tired. It's the first show ever I've ever done. Great experience. Met a lot of people, but I remember I kept pulling out my wallet, counting my money over. It's like, <laughs> it like three, four hundred maybe. I, I don't know. But uh, that, that was my first experience, and um, it, was, it was addicting. I thought, okay, man, this is better than flipping burgers. Well, like my, uh, <clears throat> my first encounter with you uh, probably 20-plus years ago. Uh, was your drawings? They're they're spectacular. I mean, your your oil paintings are great, but your drawings seem, that's where you start. Yeah, that's where it all starts. Um, where did you learn to uh, develop your your brushstroke in your paintings? Because that's uh, kind of unique too, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm looking at my paintings. And I'm like, uh -huh. mm, yeah, you're, you're right. I guess I do have that uh, effect in them. Um, you, you know, I, I, a lot of it was just like I think studying. Uh, so Howard Turpening was, was a big influence on, on my paintings. Because that's what I was going to say. The, the style uh, kind of has its essence in there a little bit. The yeah, stroke, yeah, it's, yeah. The way so, you're building mm -hmm. up the paint. Sure. So just looking at art magazines, you know, Southwest Art Magazine at the time was huge, you know. So I'd always, I started to subscribe to that. And I just wanted to look and see who the top dog was, right? And I wanted to, to see that painter and be like, okay, I, I'll probably never be as good as he is or she is. But I mean, at least, you know, I can look to them, gauge my work against them, and, and that's going to make me better. Howard probably was the first guy to, to have that impact on me. Um, there's another guy by the name of Richard Schmidt. And then I looked at John Singer Sargent's work. Um, I also looked at uh, Nikolai Fetchin's work. And these, you know, the I same just, type of stroke, right? Yeah. yeah. And mm -hmm. so they all had that like unfinished impressionistic look to them. I thought, that's a painting, you know? And I thought, what, why, why make a painting? or try to create a painting that looks like a photograph. Like that's, that's crazy. Somebody who can make a painting look like a, like a, like a photograph. It's, I mean, that's, that's a crazy amount of talent there to be able to do that. Cause not many people do that, but I thought, I don't want my paintings to look like that. I want it to make it look like a painting. I want to add color and brushstrokes and you yeah, know, I want to get texture. that painterly feel, mm -hmm. you know, even if it's a little bit undone, like this painting up here, I don't know if you can see it, but towards the bottom, I just thought, you know what, this doesn't need to be done the viewer is going to get the idea. Like the focal point is, is that, you know, the face or whatever. And it's like, just get a little undone at the bottom. And that that's art to me, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. um, Did you ever, uh, uh, in your, being in your dad's world a little bit, get to meet Howard Turpinine or any of yeah. those superstars? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm glad you asked that. So, uh, I don't think I was even married yet. I was probably 2021 20, at the time. So right out of school, um, uh, they had the Cowboy Artist of America show in Phoenix at the time. And um, so my dad invited me to come along. I thought, great, you know, it'd be good to meet some artists and just kind of get some exposure to, you know, 
you know, the big time of, of the art world. And so, yeah, uh, so they all stayed at the same hotels, the Ritz-Carlton and Phoenix. And so, you know, we were there and I just happened to, to catch Howard just, you know, right I'd on. seen pictures of him. <laughs> He's a celebrity. Well, his, his, his work is fantastic. I mean, uh, uh, Fetchin is my favorite of all, but uh, oh yeah, Howard. Uh, I didn't know that. That's Howard cool. is a, uh, a great artist. I I, I remember delivering uh, one of my ex's uh, pots to uh, Mrs. Autry in in Palm Springs, and I walk in her home and just huge. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> some of the largest Howard turpentines I've ever seen. Yeah, beautiful, yeah, beautiful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really That's nice. That's cool. I would um, love to have seen that. I noticed uh, yesterday uh, John Coleman posted. Uh, a painting that sold for what, three hundred thousand dollars? Three hundred and eighteen thousand dollars. Yeah. Now, did you ever uh, meet him? Yeah, yeah. So, so I met Howard at the hotel, you know, years ago, and he um, to answer your question about meeting him, he, um, so we started talking art, and um, I actually had a couple of my paintings with me at the time, uh, a couple, two drawings and a painting, I think. Anyway, and he offered to take a look at him. I thought, great. <laughs> so I brought him down. We, we, we scheduled the time, and I brought him down, and he looked at him, and he, he just he was in awe. Like, wow, you know, how old are you again? And I was just, you know, he said great things to say. So that was my first encounter with Howard. Uh, and then John, John came in um, some years later. I want to say probably 2000 and maybe, if, I don't even know, six, seven, something like that. Uh, I met him in Prescott, Arizona, and uh, I did a show out there. He was doing the same show. It was the the, the Fippin Memorial uh, Western Art Show uh, there in Prescott. Um, so that's when I first met him. I was exposed to his sculptures for the very first time. And, um, of course, he later on as well got into the Cowboy Artists of America yeah. group. Um, so we, we hit it off right away. I met his wife and everything. We were nice people. And my wife at the time, you know, we, we kind of just started to buddy up. And we, so we started meeting people down in Prescott. We started going every year and we thought, man, this is a beautiful place, a beautiful area. Certainly better than, you know, where I grew up. <laughs> and, and it, More it, of a the little, art little culture, town. Yeah. Yeah. The, the art culture there was, was big. And I thought, okay, well, we're closer to Phoenix. You know, it's kind of, you know, um, maybe we have some connections down in Scottsdale or something like that as well. So anyway, we decided to make the move from New Mexico to Prescott and we just buddied up became really good friends started having lunches together and he it's like john kind of had um he had something that i or i'm sorry he i had something that he wanted and then i had he had something that i wanted i wanted his success i wanted his drive i wanted to know the business side and wow, how are you making this happen you know and then being native american he's like you've got models, you know, <laughs> you know, you have beautiful models and, and how do you get that? And I'm just like, well, they're just family members and friends and things like that. So, you know, he'd ask about my models and I tell him and he'd share my culture with him and he'd you know, take mental notes. And then I'd be like, John, well, how do you do this? And you know, how do you do with galleries? And so it's like, we kind of had that trade off and it was great. We just, we just became really good friends from that. Um, but, uh, yeah, he, he went to, um, he had a show at legacy gallery in Scottsdale and I was able to go down to that and, hang out with him for a little bit and they did a little auction on that big painting and that sold for over 300 k yeah. <laughs> and, and again the inspiration kicks in and yeah. it's like oh, well know, i'm happy for him and, <laughs> but you know you well, the reason i bring up these names is um you've been blessed to be around a lot of major artists from your dad to howard to john Absol and many absolutely. many others uh, yeah so you know you're, you're developed your style your subject matter let's talk about that uh, a lot of it seems derivative from the shiprock area 
And it seems to me over the years, you, you do paint a lot of like your, your children in there and family scenes, maybe? I have, uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. And uh, what, what inspires you to do that? So I just, you know, in my mind, I'm thinking, you know, I want to, I just want to capture reservation of life. Um, whether it's, I mean, I did a painting one time of, of my ex-wife and my two daughters in, the, in a Hogan. And, you know, mom's making fried bread. I've got the blueberry, bluebird flower sack sitting out there on the table. And they, the girls are just making a mess with the, with the flour and you know, but I've got the, you know, the old stove in the background and, and that kind of setting, it's just, I mean, people can relate to that kind of thing. You know, it's like, oh, it's just, you know, basic, you know, native lifestyle, but, but it, it could go on with, with an Anglo family or a Hispanic family, whatever. Um, and, um, so I, I just, I had the cutest kids in the world, so why not use them in my paintings, man? <laughs> they are cute. And her beautiful wife. And I thought, you know, I'm just going to bring that out. But, um, yeah, no, I mean, we just we collect stuff over the years, you know, velvet shirts and, you know, moccasins and turquoise and things like that. And it was just, they, the girls especially had fun just dressing up. To them, it was like, you know, playtime. Oh, let's dress up in these, you know, Navajo type of clothing, and Dad's going to take pictures. And so they're very picturesque. They're very, yeah. you know, that, that's those type of girls. But, um, yeah, it's like, why not use my, my, my kids and, and have fun with it? And, um, but I've got cousins and uncles and grandparents that I've used as models. So are, are your children, and people ask me this all the time, are your children artistic? Or do they show uh, <laughs> yeah. a vein that way? Like, all three of my daughters uh, do. Uh, whether that's they found themselves yet in it, but they are, they're all very creative. Yeah, yeah, um, yes. The answer is yes um, to that. So my son wants to be an artist. <laughs> he just got a job at Whataburger the other day, and I say, hey, you keep that job as long as you can. You can do the art on the side <laughs> because it's very diff- very very difficult. I'm almost Leroy. I'm almost wanting to discourage him, but I I can't do that. I, I can't do that. It's I feel like. You know, I'm mean or something. And well, you said the right counsel. I think when you're starting as an artist, you have to keep one foot in in revenue. <laughs> yeah, that, it, that money has to come in. And with art, it doesn't keep coming. It's so inconsistent. Yeah, it is inconsistent. Yeah, and then and then my uh, 50, Aspen, my so Ure is 17, Aspen 16. They both got a job the other day at the same place. So they're you know it's, it's just funny. But um, so Aspen Aspen paints. She paints all the time. Um, she's afraid to show it to anybody though. Uh, I, I'm telling her, hey, put it on Instagram, you know, people love it, you know, and you can sell this. Come on, Aspen. I mean, you know, your dad does this stuff, you know, $15, $20. It doesn't matter. She's, so she's a little, you know, apprehensive about that. And um, so hopefully we can get, get her going on Instagram. But um, no, they, they, um, they, they're, they're interested. They just, you know, maybe need some guidance. Maybe, uh, maybe for Indian Market, we can invite them to partake of this little office and, and do a Hiram Joe family <laughs> show. How's that? That sounds great. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I think that would be, that'd be fun. Better work on that. Yeah. Yeah. But, but here's the funny thing is that they don't want any help though. Yeah. They don't, they don't want me to critique and come over. Oh dad, how do you draw this? They never do that. They just, they're stubborn that way. They want to do it without drawing. <laughs> that, that's interesting. So they, they are having an experiencing a life similar to you. If you yeah. think about it, right? Yeah. They um, are. Absolutely. You, your parents have a lot more influence on you than you think in the long run um let's see what oh i wanted to cover this um now a couple months ago you reached out to me about uh wanting to do uh, an expanded career or a little a little career offside do you remember that mm-hmm. and what was that talk about the tattoos uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> how's that going <laughs> it's it's going yeah yeah i've i've uh, well i started uh late june 
and I've probably done maybe ten now. Ten. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then I and I have a couple of guys that are and girls too that are walking around with an unfinished tattoo right now <laughs> just because it got too late or something. You know, yeah. I, if you're if you do any te- any ink work, you, you probably know what I'm talking about. But yeah, it's it, it's just a little side deal. Um, didn't make a whole lot of money out of it, but it's something that I did when I was you know making the transition from you know finishing the college and then the career in art. Um, learn how to do it back then. I was 2021, 20, something like that. So what, what's uh, what's the imagery like that that people are requesting? Yeah, so it's obviously it's it's not what I want. <laughs> it's not like painting what I where I get paint what I want up to or, or do what I want to do. Yeah, so it, right now it's it's a lot of tribals, uh, butterflies, um, turtles. I've, I've done turtles, flowers, things like that. You know, um, and surprisingly, they've mostly been women that, that wanted uh, tattoos for me. So just design, different designs, and, and usually they'll come up with it, and I'll just... Well, it's become such that. a huge industry. I, I, I uh, remember going to Hawaii uh, 30 years ago, and uh, we're all on the beach, and we're, we're all blank slate. Maybe one person might have a little tattoo. And, and now you go <laughs> yeah. to Hawaii or any beach town, and it's all tattoo, and maybe, there's very mm-hmm. few like me that's blank. Everybody's all yeah. tatted up. Yeah, you know, blank canvas. Somebody got something, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, I, I think that's good that you're, you're diversifying and stuff. Um, where, where do you have or where would you like to take your career? Uh, let's say you're, you've hit a plateau. Where are you headed? Well, to be honest, uh, I hope I can stay with Blue Rain for as long as I can. I mean, obviously, Blue Rain has goals as well. Um, so as long as I can show here and, and do the Indian Market show. And I actually like, would love to do more shows here. Uh, th- that's with the gallery. Um, you know, honestly, I don't know that I could, for, for me, um, I've, I've done, you know, I've painted the Native American people for 20 years now and I always will always prepare my people that way, but I I do want to expand into other cultures. Um, and, and by that, I, I mean, I'd love to get out to, to Haiti I'd love to get I was out to say to Polynesian cultures. <laughs> Japan. Um, I love the cultural terror. I'd love to get out to Spain and just, um, you know, grow into something more, evolve into other cultures, if they'll let me. I'll start out painting their, their beautiful beaches and then maybe they can see uh, what I can do. <laughs> and then from there, maybe it'll happen. But uh, with, with all due respect, I, you know, I do, I do would... Yeah, I do want to ask, and you know, I would do all that stuff. Make sure it's cool with them. But um, yeah, I'd love to travel the world and just document people and portray them in the most beautiful way. Put them on canvas, sculpture, uh, whatever, and and just um, uh, that. I think that's that. That'd be cool. I think you know that'd be a good direction for, for my artwork. Well, you and the same style. <clears throat> in uh, my perspective, uh, Hiram in the native genre, uh, as far as oil painters, uh, is is probably the considered to be one of the best. And uh, I also consider you a historian because you're capturing life that's fleeting on the res a little bit, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, and and those, are, those are important. I was talking to uh, Jim Bogles the other day about the same thing, you know? Uh, the preservation of our culture mm-hmm. is documented through your, yeah. your paintings. And it, it's, yeah, it's, it's almost beautiful. the same concept. Yeah, yeah. same idea. It's yeah. something that's fading, but... Uh, <clears throat> You know, he's he's hanging around all the Spanish people over there <laughs> and getting all their stories and yeah, uh, and that's things. exactly what it is. We we got a buddy. We got to have lunch or something sometime. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Seems like a really cool dude. Well, well that's really cool. Um, tell us about uh, your sculptures. I know your dad was sculpt uh, sculpture mostly in stone. I never saw like lost wax or um, um, the, this bronze. Say, uh, no, the um, 
oil-based clay. Yeah. Uh, the use of oil-based clay from him. I no normally saw him in stonework. So what, what got you into this, the oil-based clay? So, you know, obviously my dad did it for some years. You know, he's got some monuments out there. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think for me, I, I actually tried stone carving a couple. Of, I have a, stone, a couple of stone, stone uh, statues out there and then some trading posts. <laughs> <laughs> like $200. <laughs> that was That's a sweet. long time ago. I did, you know, I just didn't have that touch, I guess. You know, I was like, oh, man, I... I already chopped this off and I can't put it back on. It's like with the painting you can. <laughs> and clay does that, right? It's, it's easier, it, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So you know, I, I was in, I've always been interested in, in sculpture and doing bronze work, and you know, you know, I'm just thinking, well, I've got a dad that had a career in it, so you know, I thought, okay, so I asked him a few questions and borrowed, uh, you know, chunks of clay, and I just started. And to be honest, um, Leroy, I. It comes a lot easier to me than painting does. Mm -hmm. the, the sculpture does, absolutely. So, you know, I'm taking photographs. I've got reference photos I'm using. I'm looking at my little laptop, you know, to paint from. But then the sculpture is like, it's, it just comes from memory. It's like, I, like I didn't look at anything. I, I just see something and boom. You know, yeah. well, you're the pretty, drums and You're really like good at it, by so, the way. <laughs> I want to get better, but uh, yeah. So I have, um, I have a, a sculpture in progress. So I have Geronimo the Geronimo on horseback and it's going to be one of the the last times he's ever been on a horse um I believe it was Theodore Roosevelt's parade um that he was that he was asked to be part of and uh, he rode in that parade in his best outfit like, like Chiricahua Apache uh outfit and and that's that's what that sculpture is going to be based off of oh right on well mm -hmm. we'll look forward to that yeah and, uh, um did John Coleman have any influence on you oh yeah on, yeah on the... uh, absolutely mm -hmm. yeah I've been to his studio and you know um I've actually helped him out with a a, a sculpture workshop in Scottsdale the mm -hmm. Scottsdale Artist School oh yeah and I was his apprentice he brought me as his apprentice and he you know had the class and you know but he let me sculpt a little bit there and actually the uh, the uh, sculpture that I started there came to Blue Rain and did real well with that. It was the yeah. Apache Crown the Apache Dancer. Crown Dancer yeah. yeah, that was when yeah. I started there. So yeah, well, it's Good been stuff. A, it's been a fantastic journey so far, and uh, Hiram, we're, we're looking forward to hanging with you for many years over here. Yeah, so. I hope so. I'm, I'm 41 <laughs> years young, so I feel 32, and I look 25. So I'll yeah, hopefully be good. around <laughs> a long time. <laughs> well, I'd like to encourage everybody to go to our website, uh, go to YouTube, and subscribe to these podcasts. They're really fun, very informative. Um, thanks again, Hiram, for your time. Absolutely. Thanks, Leroy. Yeah. It was a pleasure. Have a good one. Yep, you too.